Welcome to the Dev Ready Podcast, where we're helping non-techs build better tech. Today, we're joined by Robin Foister, who is uh, the founder of InProfile, which is a thought leadership marketing um, platform, as well as um, a number of other things, ex-editor-in-chief um, of Women's Weekly, and I'll let Robin introduce um, the variety of things she's currently up to. Robin, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you, Andrew and Anthony. Lovely to be here. I appreciate you coming on. Um Let's um let's dig in. Just share to the audience a little bit about you, your background, and some of the things you're involved with. Yeah, so um, so my background really is as a journalist. Um, I started many years ago and um, at AAP um, Reuters, and then went to London and America and worked in in TV and newspapers, and till eventually um, I came home um, and. Uh, and worked as an editor of um, first the Australian Women's Weekly um, and then later um, group publisher at, um, of all the women's magazines at Bauer, um, and which used to be ACP. Um, and then about five years ago, launched my own media business, um, and I now have a number of um, different websites in my Foyster media business. Um, so I have the Carousel, which is a lifestyle site for women. Um, I have uh, Women Love Tech, which is a tech site um, promoting women in STEM. Uh, and then I have um, Game Changers, which where, is really where I tell the story um, of entrepreneurs uh, and uh, and we film a sort of like a, it's like a multimedia platform. We do podcasts, we do filming um, and everything. And uh, that's been going for about four years too. And then only last year did I launch um, In Profile. Um, and In Profile is specifically um, looking at thought leadership um, and building the clients that I have, um, their brand. Um, they tend to be people who are already leaders in their industry uh, and uh, and they really need to get their expertise or want to get their expertise and share it um, uh, with the outside world. Um, so um, that's where I really focus now. There's a lot going on there, Robert. Big variety. <laughs> yes, it is a big variety. Um, very interesting background as well, a bit of TV and media um, and quite quite extensive roles there. So based on um, why did you start in profile? What was the purpose um, for you? Why? What was the, the reasoning for you to do that? Um, how do you think that is or how is that adding value to current customers and clients and how do you imagine that going through forward? Yeah, so so really, what happened with in profile? It really came out of COVID. Um, so before I, um, you know, I was working on filming um, and telling the brand story of various entrepreneurs um, through that platform, Game Changers. And then when we stopped being able to film, you know, I was I realised actually that I was what I was doing was really sharing the stories of these um, people who are leaders in their in their um, field. And so. Um, and I, and I was already working on thought leadership anyway, um, so then I decided that that was really going to be my focus um, and I, you know, built it up as a new business called InProfile um, and I straight away, you know, had a number of um, leading um, business people who, you know, who basically they're time poor people who have um, really got to sort of become leaders in their field and they want to share their expertise. And basically that is the definition of a thought leader, someone who is um, uh, who, who has built up a lot of experience in their area and, um, and they want to share it. Um, uh, and it's really, you know, like once you reach a certain level, I think that's a great thing. And from sharing this fantastic information, 
um, that they rather than holding it tight. Um, I suppose in the dev world, it's like it's like an open platform, isn't it? You know, I know um, when <laughs> when you share your source code, it is the same type of of analogy, really, um, where you're sharing your source code, um, you're sharing your your what would have been secrets, and people are less sort of like tight with those that information these days, and actually quite willing to share it. And uh, and the effect of sharing it is. Um, is very positive for the thought leader because one they're building themselves up as a known, you know, for their being known for and 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 building their own credibility. Um, it helps them pro- provides them with a tool to um, to to engage with their uh, their their peers and and um, and also um, the people who are coming up through you know climbing the ladder in their in their industry. Um, we'll recognise them as leaders in the industry and probably want to work with them. So it also helps um, companies um, attract a greater, um, uh, more talented pool of people. And uh, and so that's really what thought leadership is about. It's about really, um, you know, it, 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 it's it's really tell- sharing your um, secret source <laughs> material. Um, and in return, um, you know, you gain a respect and um, probably the res- and obviously the respect that you deserve in the industry as um, as leaders in that in the field. With a more traditional, as I say, marketing approach, is the the biggest benefit is it's probably building brand and reputation better going down the thought leadership path as opposed to constantly selling or telling people what you can do and that's, not that's, how to help or how they can do it themselves. That's right. So so in thought leadership, you're not really asking for stuff. You're, you're really sharing and giving. And 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 um, and and we've seen we've seen this um, really change in in the, in in the approach in marketing um, over time, where it used to be the hard sell um, in marketing. You know, um, you know, I'm great. You should buy my services. <laughs> no one really cares. There's um, so much noise, that, right? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than that, engage them with, with sharing some of your knowledge. And it is rather what, like, you, you and Andrew and Anthony, you you are both doing with your podcasts. You're um, providing a platform to share to your audience, um, you know, information or stories from people that you're interviewing that that they hopefully can benefit from, and uh, and yep. it's, and that's thought leadership, um, you know, at, at its core. Um, and you're not doing the hard ass and saying, you know, and by the way, guys, you know, you should, you, 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 uh, you know, come and come and let us do the work for you. But they get to know you, and they get to see that you're. Credible and um, and and that you're genuine, and guess what? That's going to do increase your business because people are going to be interested. I'm interested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all need people yeah. to help out. Oh, <laughs> we started on this journey. Um, what was it? 2019. Um, so it was a pre-COVID thing, and it was done out of our office, which we no longer have anymore. Uh, so everyone's working at home, and I think we started from perspective of just yeah, that that's what it was. It's all about how we can help and serve and give information to people, and just sort of protect them on the journey of creating technology businesses. And um, we had five people come to us in the space of about a week in October, and Anthony and I had a chat, and I said. Um, we need to do something. They basically spent a million or so plus dollars building tech and they all failed. Um, it was, yeah, and we thought to ourselves, we're a small little group in Melbourne. Um, how many of them are there out there? Um, and there's plenty. It is a, it's a tough space to really build out new technology and product. 
Um, and that's why we do it. And we get to meet great people like yourself just to share different thoughts, perspectives, and how you might approach business. And thought leadership is definitely one area that, um, yes, I, I agree you need a lot of domain knowledge and expertise, but how would one start the process of becoming a thought leader uh, if they don't have the expertise? What, what would you recommend there? It's probably a different take on it, but what would you think there if someone's starting out looking to get a brand without pushing the marketing channel or just selling their product? Well, so first of all, you, you, you know, if you're going to be a thought leader, leader in the first place, you have to have some sort of expertise. It's sort of part of being a thought leader. Um, so you can obviously build yourself towards being a thought leader and, and often what's sort of recommended is that the things that you're very passionate about and the things that you learn about and um, and build and acquire knowledge on, they're the likely things that you'll be, you know, able to be a thought leader on. Um, so obviously if you love your job and, um, and you're really interested in learning more about it, um, that knowledge that you build and acquire is something that you could share um, and start becoming, you know, a thought leadership. So, so you can actually develop it. Um, and I would recommend that um, that everyone really looked at their LinkedIn profile and um, and and have a think about what their own personal brand is um, and where they want to go with it and what they want to be recognised for. So it's a really useful thing to, you know, just um, it's not a, va- a vanity thing at all, but it is worth Googling yourself and seeing what your what your digital footprint is and start there and think, okay, so um, there might be nothing and that's fine. You might be that person who doesn't want anything, but if you're a thought leader, um, you are actually wanting to build your profile. And, uh, and so, therefore, the start really is, um, sorting out your your um, first probably digital footprint for most people in business is the link, their LinkedIn platform. So really obvious things to do. And I've had people that I've looked at and they've, you know, had a picture of themselves with wearing sunglasses, you know, <laughs> and, um, yeah, <laughs> and, you know, sort of just saying that they're a mum or a dad and, you know, that's not really the platform for LinkedIn you you know you you really need to think about where you what your brand is in terms of your your working life and uh, and for that it can be used very successfully and you can change it all the time so you know change your picture update it you know don't have the blue background put something a bit more exciting you know effectively you're a content creator this is where I step in within profile is that I help people shape that Um, but you can you know, do it yourself as well. Um, uh, you can, you know, you, if you, you get a LinkedIn um, premium package, they actually do courses on LinkedIn. Um, there's amazing things that are available to to you. Um, YouTube has to be one of the best learning platforms in the world. Um, you know, there's not much you can't pick up and learn to do going on, on YouTube. So, you know, for the bigger companies, time poor professionals, um, I'm, I'm a good answer <laughs> because, you know, that's what I do as I, as I, as I share people's stories and shape it and we get a, 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 I have a n- number of award-winning journalists who write for me, um, filmmakers who produce um, uh, great video content as well, and we do a campaign strategy for what their thought leadership campaign will look like and it is very different from the way that we've done it in the past in the um, marketers have been out there and done the big hard sell. This is this is um, very different, and um, but it's I think more effective. 
Yeah, and speaking from experience, it's a lot of work to try and figure that out on your own. Yeah, that's right. So the past couple of years, I don't know how much research I've done, tutorials, courses, everything I've watched and read and understood, and then just tweaking and experimenting to see what works and what doesn't. It, it's a lot of effort. That's right. You need to put the effort into it. And, uh, and you know, there's, there's uh, amazing things that you can can do. You know, like, for instance, just a little tip on LinkedIn is if you promoted um, something on LinkedIn and you should really, you know, if you're really serious about it, have a content plan for it. Um, and that might include a certain number of videos and a certain number of straight posts and a certain number of um, sharing posts um, and engaging um, with other people who you're in your in in your um, field or domain, um, also you've got your tagging, which is very powerful. Um, but once you put something up, the great thing about LinkedIn, uh, and this is why I recommend everyone really focus on their LinkedIn platform, um, is that you one as an individual of a company, you always keep your own personal LinkedIn profile. So you take it, yeah. It is separated, that's, right, from the business. It's yeah, it can, and it's so yeah, that's I agree right. with that. So you know, your um, people are always before they interview you for a potential job, they're always going to look at your LinkedIn and check mm. out what you've done. You need to do things like don't be shy on encouraging people to give you a reference if they've done if you've done some work for them, and 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 do that in return because it's about. It's about collaboration these days. So, um, so those those things really work, and I, I do that myself. You know, like I, I'll, I'll give a reference to someone who I've worked with, and they'll, re, you know, return me the favour. Um, video reference is fantastic too. Anything with video gets you much more engagement. Um, so, and I think anything with audio as well, because audio is the new video in a way. Yeah, correct. Oh, we're we're moving. Obviously, um, they've already podcasted some videos, so you'll see your face on YouTube. <laughs> because yeah, I I do agree that um yeah we just haven't found we just found a platform that that works for us right now. So it's just changing the the dynamic of what we're going to be doing moving forward. But you mentioned quite a bit around variety of content. Um, I think it's something from our learning is variety is important. Mm. Is there a specific sort of formula that you have on variety of content from video to post to, to writing articles, et cetera? Is there something that you have in mind that could help people just think about a structure in terms of the way they might build a content strategy? Yeah, so um, a good content strategy um, will always include video, um, but, the, you know, you can do polls as well. Um, so really simple things like a poll, you can vary it um, with um, with sharing a, com- a piece of content that you really like. Don't forget that you've got the ability to write articles. So um, often what you can do, for instance, for your podcast, you could take a transcript of the podcast and run that as an article that you um, – it's like a bit like having your own personal magazine within your own LinkedIn platform. Um, be really um, uh, care, um, uh, encourage, uh, and, and you do this, but um, you give media packs to people who appeared on the show. So give people the tools to help share what you've created with them um, so that they can not just like what you've done but encourage them and coax them to share it to their platform, which is very different from a like. Um, uh, sharing to their platform, you know, I've got over 11,000 followers. So if I like it, it's not so likely that someone's going to see that I liked it. But if I share it from my, my 11,000 people on the platform, then, yeah, then, then they're very likely to see it. If their co- um, creates 
Yeah, the very first few um, lines of what you see. So make those the most impactful. Don't waste words at the beginning. Um, also, um, once someone has um, you seen your content, getting some engagement, engage back straight away. LinkedIn has some algorithms that basically say that um, if they see in the first hour engagement, then they're going to keep it higher for longer. If the engagement continues, sometimes I've noticed that the stories that have been most impactful for me have been the ones that um, there's just been a constant discussion around the content. And so sometimes that tantalising headline, tantalising first few lines, a question that's a bit open-ended so you're inviting people, not just sort of saying a statement, but basically, you know, posing a comment, you know, a, a fact and then making a comment from it and then posing a question. You know, these are ways of getting variation into your uh, an engagement into your post. And then once, once you do that, then as a result, you're going to get a lot more people reacting and you want reaction because that keeps it on the um, keeps it up high in the feed um, for longer. And that's the great thing about LinkedIn is that it's sort of where Facebook used to be for publishers about five or six years ago or even ten years ago. So those people who got in ten years ago grew their um, their Facebook um, family, if you like, community. Um, really quickly, you know, like the ones who, like um, I can tell you stay-at-home mum is a, a website that I know the founder of, Jodie Allen, and she has over 500,000 followers. It would be really hard to grow, yeah, really hard to grow that now because what Facebook has done now is to sort of, you know, to grow your audience, they're really after um, advertising money. Uh, if you advertise, you, you know, you go higher up the feed and if you don't, you don't go up the feed. Um, with LinkedIn at the moment, it's free. Um, I don't think that's going to stay the same. I think that it's going to be easier now to grow your LinkedIn profile than ever, um, but that won't stay the same. LinkedIn will eventually reward those people who, you know, reward them with um, with advertising. From a payment perspective, yeah, they've got a few other um, monetization models built in the platform, recruitment side of things, which does hopefully um, keep the model as it is, but obviously it can change. It's a platform. It's not owned by us. Yeah. It's owned by a, 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 a business, a, a, big, a big business now. Um, yes, exactly. Microsoft brought it out. So it's, yeah, it can change. And we saw, you know, that. The drop of we saw that with yeah. Facebook recently. Mm -hmm. So I've had my um, Facebook platforms. So I've got 40,000 on Carousel um, Facebook and 20-odd thousand mm -hmm. on Women Love Text Facebook and they got them shut, they shut them down for a period. Um, you know, and because of the news blocking, yeah, any news yeah, site, maybe. Yeah. I tried to change uh -huh. it that personal blogging, yeah, <laughs> didn't work. <laughs> didn't work. <laughs> didn't work. Okay. No. Yeah. they restored all of those though, didn't they? Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, yeah. you're back up and running, but, you yeah. know, like mm -hmm. what that showed us publishers is that you know it's like building a business on sand in a way, you've got to have more than one platform that you're. Um, you're working on. So, for instance, you um, have a podcast which is, you know, uh, no doubt amplified across, you know, Apple and Google and um, and it's really being pushed into different platforms. Uh, then you've got your LinkedIn platform, uh, you you know, and, and your other social media platforms. So that's good. You're spreading, spreading it out. But those people who are just putting content on one platform need to be advised that, you know, it is like building a business on sand. It, 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 as you said, Andrew, it's not 
our platform, even though you sort of feel quite, you know, you can have a really successful business from from a platform, but um, uh, but it changes because you don't, you're not controlling the algorithms. On that note, would you recommend that someone runs their own website, for example, as well? Uh, that's something that we do for the podcast perspective, but would you recommend publishing your own content and blogs on a, your own specific point of media? Because then you do control it. Um, you can control the conversation. Um, you may be able to link people back to, I know LinkedIn doesn't appreciate getting exported out of their platform. They want everything to stay in the one place. But um, yeah, would you recommend doing that as well rather yeah. than just sticking to the platforms? I totally um, recommend a, t- um, a, a, a multimedia approach. And I think it's that 360 degree approach to media that will make you successful. I think it's been that way for a while, um, but not everyone deploys that method because it takes mm. more work, you know. Um, it does, yeah. Yeah. You've got to, up, you know, you've got, to, you've got to pay for a website, you've got to upkeep it, you've got to understand SEO, you've got to, um, you know, which is, again, why people get, um, you know, people like me to help manage their, you know, their profile and people like you to build their, you know, development platforms. So, um, but yes, that is the way to to go. And um, and you, whatever you can do that you can that gives you more control, the better. And the other thing about a website is that is that you can run. Um, I, I do this a lot. It's a bit of a trick. You you, you run your um, first of all the link to your website. And then you leave it a little bit longer and then you can run, um, say you had uploaded a video um, to your website, then upload that video separate to the link to um, to LinkedIn. And it's actually the same piece of content, but at no one time, it's like Twitter, you know, um, LinkedIn, no one time is everyone on it or are you capturing every eyeball that's there. So, you know, on Twitter I know people that will run content easily three times in a day, the same piece of content. Um, oh, really? So just continuously repeating the same piece of content. Balls. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, because <laughs> never um, tried that. I don't believe. No. Yeah, it's yeah. worth it's worth doing that because you're mm-hmm. capturing people at different times, and if they've seen it, they're just going to scroll past it in two seconds. Um, but if they haven't seen it, um, then you know, or they've only just come on once during the day, then they're more likely to see it if you you know if, if, if depending where it is on their feed. So three times and you spread it out over the days, giving you more chance of being seen. So in terms of that then, um, would you obviously not more is better, but like what is the what is the number that people should be att- uh, focusing on in terms of how many posts they do, how often they need to be on these platforms uh, to really get exposure? So where what would you recommend there? You mentioned three a day potentially there some people are doing. Is that something you would recommend starting at or what would you think? No, that, I wouldn't recommend yeah. starting at that. Um, I, I, I would recommend just as, as, as a basis of starting out, if you can, and it, it is a financial thing, but there are tricks again for doing video less expensively um so there's more filming platforms that you can use um you can film zoom you know through your zoom com- um meetings um and there um there are some other uh, other ones that are, are low cost but you can film interviews etc or um there's another one called studio bucket um which is um have you heard of studio bucket i haven't no i haven't heard of that one yet yeah not yet there's so Studio Bucket allows you to keep all your video content, film um, uh, yourself. It has a teleprompter and uh, and it's very um, 
it, you can put you can then upload to a video um, editor would then edit the content and um, it's easy then to deploy onto your different social media um, so but there's you know there's the different types of platforms now available like that so studio buckets a bit like canva but for video for video okay interesting yeah i might check it out that sounds good yeah there's a lot of tools out there you just have to find the right one that fits the sort of content format that you want to create yeah and that will allow you i don't know how many we've tested (laughs) yeah so that will allow you to do a lot more um uh filming um and you just write your script and you um and you can download it quite quickly um and then you know, I would say I would say at least if you can do one video a week and at least one shared piece of um, a good story that you you've um, seen that you want to comment on, and I would say one article a week. So if you can just start there, that's the basics, um, and then start introducing something new every couple of weeks. So it might be you know doing a poll or um, uh, or something like that. So um, you you know. The other thing is to check your analytics. Keep um, keep a tab of it. Use an Excel spreadsheet and just keep keep a track on how what what gave you engagement, what didn't. Um, that helps as well. Look, there's lots of different tricks. Oh, from the engagement and keeping a tab on it, that obviously helps with understanding which content works better than others. To um, yeah, so that's something that and the times mm-hmm. are probably important mm-hmm. to keep track of when you're posting yeah. and what gets better engagement mm-hmm. when yeah and, on average. And actually, you start enjoying it because the analytics show you think, oh, that's really well. I thought that was going to do well. <laughs> you have some random yeah, things a game. too, though. That just you think, why yeah. <laughs> did that that's work right. so well and others didn't? So yeah, it becomes an interesting thing to it look at. It becomes interesting, and then you you just have to analyze it because as a former editor, we had none of this um, analytics and the reason we were paid good money in as editors was because we were um, editors were always chosen because they had very good gut instinct about what would work what would engage and I used to have this um, sort of test that I'd say you know if it was a good cover it would be the cover that people would get off the bus to buy the magazine you know was it good enough for them to get off that bus and buy that magazine if they saw it in the streets you know in the stand outside the news agency and, you know, it's a water cooler thing. What That's the same sort of questions that, you you know, you still ask those same questions like you would as a publisher or as an editor um, because you are now a publisher. Um, and I think that's been the biggest change in, we've seen in media is that I come from the traditional um, publisher, editor, journalist background, um, but it's all been democratised now. It used to be that... N- for instance, as, as an editor, I would be the one who decided what was the cover and what would you, you know, what my audience on the Australian Women's Weekly wanted to read, um, and uh, and um, I would really decide what what stories they would get served, um, you know, <laughs> on the platform. Uh, and now it's really everyone has become publishers or had the ability to become publishers, you know, and uh, and you're you're publishing, you know, um, audio media, so. It, and now film media, so you've really expanded, and you've got the tools to do that, and um, and you're able to attract really interesting, fantastic people. So, you know, um, you're now, you know, the, the the new breed of media, um, effectively. And you might not think yeah. like that, but it, you are. Effect, and uh, yeah. we publish yeah, written audio no, and video. Exactly. Yeah, you don't think of that at all, uh, but but I think. Uh, to that point, um, 
starting out in business or as a thought leader, you need to really think like that. Um, we are living in a world where we no people don't go and buy paper anymore. It's very rare. Um, they're all online and they're all reading their content from an online source. Um, and yes, you're you're just as much as a publisher as anybody else or the Herald is still rubber publishing the newspaper online. So, um, yeah, there is a lot of impact we can make. And I think when we start to realize that as, as business people, as uh, thought leaders, it shifts the game a little bit and it shifts the thinking um, and the mindset. So for us, when we started, it was just let's run a podcast. But then reality is it, a big focus needs to be put in this area because that's where everyone's going. They're online, they're looking for content, they're looking for help, they're looking for information that's going to serve them at the time. Um, and if you're not there continuously, you might not catch them at the time and just be able to serve and help. So, yeah, that's a different shift. It's definitely a mindset shift that's happened in our business um, and, yeah, something that a lot of businesses can look at and then leaning on the building businesses, building technology, need to promote this. Thought leadership is definitely an area that um, I would recommend getting into. There's plenty of medium that we can do that across. And you also have to serve it in sorry in different formats just because everyone takes in information differently. Yeah, I don't sit there and read anything. So read or (laughs) listen or watch. It depends on the personality, what their day to day job is, when they can fit it in. I know it's all sort of tailor made now, isn't it, for your own timing and um, and you know snackable content or content when you know on demand. It's so much better. I mean, I, I only have to look back to like. 25 years ago um, in media when uh, I met someone who worked at um, for a British um, TV station and uh, we were debating Sky News being 24-hour news service and we were, he was saying, you know, that no, everyone wants to listen to the news on TV at 6 p.m. And I said, I don't think so. I think I like the idea of this, you know, this new idea <laughs> of, of, of being able to listen to media news, you know, anytime you want. And uh, we debated it, but he was convinced that that, that it would never take off, it would never, never, never be good, that, you know, it was only 6 p.m. you would want to listen to your news for the day because that's when we all did it. And, that's that's uh, just what we all know, right? Yeah, that's the way, <laughs> the way it was. Um, that's the way yeah. it was and that's what they yeah. knew. And they assumed, yeah, people schedule their life around the news. those moments. And how far has it changed? I mean, it's just um, – but it's so so much better because – we're getting to hear so much, many more voices and opinions, and it's also fantastic for wanting to listen to things that are very much niche um, appeal. You know, so so for instance, thought leadership isn't you know it's quite niche. You know, it's it's not going to suit everyone. Um, then they're not going to be interested in thought leadership. But people in business who are interested in new ways of reaching out to their um, to their you know, and grow their, their network, they're going to be interested in it. And if you're interested in learning, then you really do want to hear from people who are sort of, um, you know, do, being successful in your field, what they've done, hear from, the, you know, from the horse's mouth, so to speak. And so um, that has, that that's grown and we'll see more of that um, in the future because it's a very honest way of, um, it's sort of like a, a give-give, you know, it's a win-win type situation where you've got someone who's willing to give up their their knowledge or um and uh and and then for the people listening to it or reading it um they're they're learning so much um and that's that's just a wonderful thing i think um you summed that up really well there in terms of um what thought leadership is one question that's always on my mind is um and i'm not sure if it's on anyone else's mind but how do we separate a business branding 
from a personal brand and where does the mold sort of where does it sort of cross over? How can people start thinking about that? Because generally when people think to market, it's generally around their business brand. This shifts the chasm really. It's taking it to a different level about the person being the front and center. So how do you manage both or where do you see that sort of going in terms of businesses moving forward? Yeah, that's a really good question, Andrew. So it is really important to really think separately about where you are in the business um, ecosystem and the business. So when I manage um, clients, I tend to manage their business LinkedIn brand and their personal brand. And so I think about it a lot <laughs> um, because, you know, so it's, it's it, uh, it, it, I think that the, the, um, I would always lead, for instance, with the, um, the personal thought leaders, um, what they've said, and then I would react um, with a content piece about what they did, did or, or um, what they said or the video that they did and do it in a more in a third person. More, It would be more sort of um, more personality would come out. Personality, I think, comes out in the um, thought leaders' um, uh, brand positioning because you want it, it's about them, whereas, you know, you've got to think separately about what that brand's um identity is it might be you know what they're what they're that it's a different in terms of I suppose characteristic and personality and so um so one of my um one of my clients um for instance uh has a brand that it's a frozen yogurt and it's very fun brand and so the the you can have a bit of fun with the the LinkedIn brand um and then the person who owns it, it's a female entrepreneur entrepreneur um and um called Cass Spees and the brand is actually Twisted Healthy Treats and so Twisted is fun you know it's all about you know so you can have fun with with both of them um but Cass is obviously a very senior woman in business and you know it's very much her voice that comes through um when she tells the stories about how she's grown that business um, and uh, so, yeah, I think it really does take. Uh, um, you do need to do quite a bit of work on, you know, how how it is differentiated, but it should definitely be differentiated. Um, and uh, and I think that the business can support um, the thought leader um, in terms of uh, putting posts out that are. Um, so if, if the thought leader has done a podcast, it should be supported on the business brands platform that's important yeah no i think it's all about strategy then and just sitting down and putting a plan together from both sides um a business is for a reason um in in the context of what we're doing we've got businesses um podcasts they all exist for different purposes and reasons um and i think what you lent on there is yep make sure from a, a that business page, put your business brand first, the why, um, and content that's really serving that and serving your your customers. Whereas I think the personal side, it gives you the liberty from a personal perspective and talk about stories and your growth and insights across mm. even different categories and different areas. So it does give you a bit more freedom. Um, yeah, it's just something I, I like to ask the question on because it is a bit of a sticky point when you run, own a business and then yeah. how do you differentiate so yeah i really appreciate that sort of insight and, and i think it is about your personality mm. because you can you mm. can i think sometimes it's really powerful on a, a personal um thought leadership brand you know to admit when you've made a mistake um i've seen it 
I've seen that really engage really well when, you know, someone has said, look, this is, um, you know, I've closed my business, it didn't work, but I'm going to bounce back and, um, uh, or, you know, something that, that's, that shows humility or something that, you know, whereas the business brand, you know, um, is, it would, you're not going to, it's not a personal distinction of, you know, you know, it, it's different, isn't it? Because it's it not is. human. Yeah, it's not human. It's a different thing. Yeah, that's a fair point, right? More human on the on the personal side. Um, more, you, can, you can a bit more. You can be more. Yes. Um, you're, you're, yeah. Yourself. Yeah, yourself. Anthony. I think you need to start sharing some stuff around Scotch and <laughs> on LinkedIn. He's got a uh, he's got a, a nice little following on the Instagram. Where he's a whiskey, whiskey fan. fan. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. see things like that. Yeah. Letting people know what your um, some of your likes are um, and passion points are outside of the, the work, you know, persona. And I think that's what's fun about exploring what your own persona is on, on LinkedIn. Um, and, uh, you know, because I think people accept that, that it's like me, I've got the same thing. I've got so many different interests. I'm often supporting women in STEM. Um, you know, I spoke at Pause Fest on female founders um, and, uh, uh, and, you know, pulled together 50 women talking about, what International Women's Day means to them. So these are all passion points for me. Um, and so I think people start following you if they feel like they know you a bit. And so those um, those sharing of personal, you know, interests um, is a good thing. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense because we are – it's a – it's a – so people, but a people. That's what LinkedIn is all about. It's relationship building. And um, yeah. when you have common interests, we build relationships, right? So it makes a lot of sense. When you meet face-to-face, that comes out anyway. So you have it to does. try and bring that across yeah. in all the media creating. Yeah, it's a good point. Now that we're sort of covered. Sorry, I was going to say that's the great thing is when you do create um, businesses, that um, partnerships that come out of LinkedIn, you've probably already built a relationship that you get to know that person before you start it, which is quite unique. Yeah, definitely. And you'll start filtering out the people that don't want to work with you already. So it's a bit better, um, like, chance of moving forward with them anyway, as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, now they've sort of covered like a strategy for how you should be promoting content in a different format. For those who still aren't quite sure how to approach that thought leadership, what sort of content should they actually be creating? Or what should they be filming videos or speaking or writing about? So it can be in um, sort of a sort of whole umbrella approach, um, and that could include. Um, so if they've done, if there's, if they're doing things like podcasts, um, content with other people that they share that content, um, then there's the creating their own unique content. Um, that might be, you know, where you're uh, you're writing um, for websites or you're writing for. Um, your own website um, and um, or just purely for, say, LinkedIn on the article page, for instance. Um, so there's different um, different types of content that you can then look at um, and I think it's always great to be sharing the content where you've been in a podcast or you've been interviewed um, because I think that gives you um, additional credibility. If you're speaking at any events, make sure you're, you know, getting some publicity for that um, and sharing that or taking pictures. It can, it doesn't have to always be the full, um, pr- fully highly promoted video content. Um, 
But I, I would also advise that, you know, depending on the size of the business, that um, that, that is a step um, in the right direction. So, I mean, it's what we do on Game Changers where we provide a podcast, um, we do a number of different um videos that can be used such as uh, what make what makes a game changer where we ask each of the game changers what they you know what are the special ingredients that have helped them what what, would we ask we do another segment which is um, what would you tell your younger self so they reflect back on um, what 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 would they have done differently that that you know that the lessons they've learned Um, and then um, we do the actual storytelling of what, how their business began and how did they grow and, you know, what are they proud of and it's, you know, it's, it's basic storytelling. So um, so when you are doing filming, um, it is good to get different types of content from the filming, um, so really plan it wisely because it's expensive. Um, and then there's just the straight um I think you can sort of think like this, like what we're doing now, it's like a TV platform. So the boundaries around old TV is sort of like, you know, it's really hard to get on TV. I worked at Channel 7 and I was inundated by people wanting to have their time on the sofa um, when I was working on Sunrise. But, um, but, but actually you don't, you don't, you don't need that anymore. Um, if you've got your own channel, um, channels on different social media platforms, you're creating the noise yourself. And that's what I like. And that's what I like um, to encourage people to do, because they're you know the whole thing with thought leadership is that actually you're directing the you're leading the conversation, and that's what thought leaders do is that they lead the conversation. And I think the what you just said there, um, trying to get onto the sofa, you can create your own sofa, create your own audience following. Mm relationships and have conversations with people that really care um, being on a big picture box um, there's a one percent that might be interested um, but within your own little network you can get that percentage up really really high if you're doing the right things and yeah, um, we, connecting we from the right perspective yeah podcast with zero followers and zero listeners yeah we just <laughs> yeah, everyone starts decided nothing, to do right? it and right, we've yeah. actually got a little pocket where some people come and watch and listen yeah, excited so to be on the show. Yeah, you, it's, you're not talking millions, but you're talking thousands or a thousand or two that come and listen. People like that. Yeah, right. so yeah. and that's like monthly sort of listens, and that's but that's that's a decent number to, to for us to attract into, and by doing this, just sharing it out on LinkedIn. That's all we really do: a bit of Instagram sharing, and we don't advertise it at all. But it, I think people need to understand that this is an investment too, because um, an investment in yourself, you your business, your vision, your passions as well. It's a passion of ours just to share stories and help people get to where they need to be because um, in the end, um, it's all about helping. But that's one outcome. Uh, in reality, if you're going to build technology, you need to build a business, you need to build a profile, you need to be able to promote this thing, you need to know how to manage it, real binging team, and it's all about the rest of it really. So how do we get people a akin of all the information that they need to have to really kick this off. And that's that's why we brought it all together. And, uh, yeah. yeah, just having that one little um, – the sofa makes a lot of sense because, yeah, we might be talking to one person today, but that one person we, might, we could make a difference to. I think that's how you have to approach approach it. Yeah, and that, mm-hmm. the one person might be the yeah. next customer yeah. as well, you know. And I think they've learned another yeah. thing people oh, – so another yes. thing people sort of don't consider mm. when they're doing that is yes. the consistency. Because eventually when you do get that following, people will look forward to hearing from you or seeing the content you're producing. 
Yeah. So Just because you don't have the following at the front, unless you build up the consistency, then they won't know what to expect or when. Yeah, so consistency is super important. So have a, that's why a content plan is great because you're, you know, you're delivering the content every Monday or every Wednesday um, and at the same time and then you're letting people know that it is Monday and Wednesday and maybe Friday, you know, and, uh, and then people will tune in and listen to it and mix it up, the live content that you do you know, um, as well. So, you know, there's, um, I think that the analytics, uh, sorry, the algorithms really reward anything that's live. Um, so play with different formats. Um, I interviewed um, Michaela Lancaster only recently. She's the um, CEO of Spotify. And Spotify, um, as you know, moving more from, you know, just not just a music platform anymore, it's a podcast platform. Um, they've had some very big signings with Michelle Obama and um, and the likes and uh, Harry and Megan even um, with Archwell Productions. Um, but they, um, th- what they're doing is using that platform to promote um, young influencers that um, and give them a platform um, that they wouldn't have got otherwise. Um, so Indigenous artists and, and uh, poets and some amazing, amazing people. Um, and what she was saying is that the, the trend um, for podcasts is changing the um, uh, is, is ch- changing the format. And so um, the type of podcasts where it's a straight interview um, are becoming different where people are actually tuning into getting questions from their audience um, and reacting to that live um, and there's some of the things that um, that, it, that we'll see in the future it's always evolving right so i think you need to just and what anthony just said they're committing to a, a process and that's what yeah you need to do you need to commit to a schedule and getting it done but yeah it look to change because you, if you do the same thing over and over again it gets a little bit boring too so yeah always look to evolve and i think that's important in the whole process as well i think evolving your content mm. is really important look at what you used mm. to and i can give you an example um a friend of mine elise um Strawn, she um started my sweet um, my cup my cupcake addiction and she used to start by filming little cupcakes with a camera, you know, downwards, and um, and then she brought herself into it, making the cupcakes. She's got like ten million followers. Oh wow! Now. <laughs> yeah, wow. Okay, my and cupcake she's really addiction. Yeah. Like she's realised that if she does a zeitgeist of um, that's the World Cup football, she'll do a football cupcake, or you know, and she changes it, changes it up all the time, and even moves into different areas. So she's, you know, there's some great examples of. Um, of how people have evolved and look at those people who are leaders in those fields of content um, and, uh, and, and, and then, you know, look at what they did and just challenge yourself a little bit. Um, so, you know, some challenge yourself, look at, you know, by listening to, I mean, whether it's the other podcasters and what they're doing um, and, you know, who's best in, best in class uh, and then um, think about what, what you can do that's going to be different for your next podcast format. Makes a lot of sense, Robin. Um, I think we'll end that there. I think it's been a really good conversation around everything all about thought leadership and how someone might start the process, uh, some things to think about in terms of how to go about it and getting some structures in play and strategy thinking around it too. So really appreciate you coming on. It's been a pleasure uh, just talking all about thought leadership and publishing. You. So yeah, really appreciate your time. No, thank you, Andrew and Anthony. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And if anyone wants to find out about you, how can they reach out and learn about InProfile as well? Yeah, so it's inprofile.com.au mm-hmm. um, is the website. And my, you know, um, I'm easy to contact by LinkedIn under Robin Foister.
Perfect, Robin. No, thank you. Yeah, then we'll put those links in the show notes for everyone to share them out. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks for your time. Lovely. Cool. Thank you. Take care.